Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. Uh, we are back, as is basketball. Mark, you're How joining you me know? as always to talk about the fact that wheelchair basketball is starting up again, as is the NBA. Um, how's it going? Yeah, can't complain. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of, I think we're taking two weeks off now. Did we record the last one a couple of weeks ago when we left your guys' place? Yes, um, two weeks to sort of... Yeah, it, it's nice to two weeks later finally bin our wives off and jump back on a video call with our soulmate. Respect. Yeah, I was gonna say do what we do what this actual what this is actually all about talking That's about the things that only we care about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going good, man. We'll um, we'll jump jump straight in. Obviously, we're going to get to basketball specifics, but since I last saw you, you've packed your life up again and shifted country again and. Judging by the very well organized um, set of shelves I can see behind you, look like you guys have settled in well. So, how is life in Bilbao? Yeah, man, it, it's it's cool. Like as I as you say, I literally got here less than two weeks ago. Still, like I think I was here like twelve days ago, and it's it's mad because like any sort of move takes an adjustment. But I think obviously going from Spain to Spain. Um, two seasons in a row there's not that much of a culture shock and speaking Spanish quite well it's like not too difficult to kind of pick stuff up and then there's just like anytime you go to a new place with a new team there's a load of paperwork and stuff to be done and there's like it's more admin than training for the first couple of days like well no it's both but um yeah it's cool like I would say I'm sort of adjusting quite well to being here and I'm enjoying being on board, on, like on a new team, which is fun, and Anna's settling in well, which is important, obviously. And yeah, man, it's cool. Um, really, really pleased with how the teams looked after us since we've gotten here, like where they've put us up, and um, yeah, I'm enjoying training, I'm enjoying getting to know new people, and being a part of a new team. Yeah, it's 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 all going pretty well. Can't complain. There's hills everywhere. Which is the only thing, like that's the the only drawback is like every so often I'm like, ah, the place I need to get to is that way. And it's it's going to be very difficult to get to. But now the city's really well connected and stuff and it's a cool place to be. And yeah, Yeah. having a nice time. Decent. Sounds pretty good. Um, So you guys have got, I think everybody in Spain's first game kicks off this Saturday. Is that right? I think everybody... Does everybody play every weekend this year? Yeah, um, unless week. anything drastic has changed. But no, I believe everyone plays every weekend, which is, is fun and cool and should be the case. Yeah, um, and makes it a lot easier to keep up with in terms of standings and everything. Um, yeah, like it just kind of kind of equalizes everything. Like everyone plays sometime yeah. Saturday evening and then you can look at the league after that and be like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. So I think nearly everyone's played a couple of friendlies or a friendly at least. Like we played one last week against Uzanak, which was weird, but fine. Like, so it was another chance to sort of get going. But yeah, I think everyone's, obviously the league's looking really strong this year, isn't it? Like, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you guys did your, you played your Uzanak game last Saturday. Is that right? Um, Yes. And yeah, you've obviously, it's been a pretty quick learning curve for you because those guys had been out training probably for a couple of weeks before you um, and Anna arrived in Bilbao. So what's, I guess this is as close as we ever get to the dreaded NBA shortened training camp when guys have injuries or late signings or whatever. So what's the trial by fire been like to adjust to a team of new guys in a a two-week span? Yeah, it's been cool, man. Like, I I don't know, because I'd say there's a lot of guys that post-Tokyo were like, I need a little bit of time off. So, like, I'd say there were a fair few people that didn't have, like, a month of preseason, obviously. And because um, I know a lot of our guys were back maybe, like, a week before me, but I basically was only able to come back so late because I was getting married and they were super cool about it, which was nice. But, um, yeah, it's been fine. Like, I don't feel like like I don't feel like I needed to do that much to get back like to playing shape because I don't know like I'm quite lucky in that I kind of managed to keep it within a certain level like I don't 
stop playing for two weeks and just like drink solidly and you, you effectively uh, you effectively went from training shape to wedding shape to training shape in the span of two weeks yeah the wedding it was a little bit of like drinking and eating a bit too much and whatever but like apart from that like um what saved me is i was so stressed about planning and helping out planning the wedding that i barely ate for two weeks post tokyo now um nah, that's not true but we, we talked about this in the um in the episode we did with Gabs and Anna, but the amount of calories you must have burnt by hoovering your guys' kitchen floor repeatedly is like that's probably the most intense training you'll get. You should have just done that for your preseason. Just stress hoovering. <laughs> no, but it's weird because like I'd heard these guys like over here play really hard all the time and train really hard. And it's it's true. And I was like really worried about whether I would just come in after not playing for a couple of weeks or whatever and just get absolutely beasted. But I think by the time I got here, I'd just gotten here and his had just gotten here and i think there was more of a focus put on right we need to figure out how we all play on the same team in the next week and a half or two weeks so we kind of weren't doing much like specific conditioning stuff it was a lot of just like you get in game shape by playing a lot and these guys play like you get a lot of sort of conditioning out of playing five on five if you play it like you actually mean it and these guys really do all the time (laughs) so I think that's where it's kind of come back to me. Like I'm knackered and I think half of it's just pushing up hills. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been fine. And like in terms of learning how these guys play, like I think there's an element of if you play against someone in the league, you have like a rough idea of the blueprint from having to like figure out how to stop something, especially a team that plays the specific way that they do, like Bilbao does. Yeah, like, I, I like how you say they as if you're not legally part of the team at this point as if i'm not like yeah like legally and fiscally contracted to be <laughs> us. but no um i just mean in general like there are certain teams that have a really clear blueprint of how they want to play and i think we are one of them so like yeah there are bits that i'm still needing to pick up and just like figuring out where everyone fits in in like packing orders and like figuring out who fills what role in which lineup and stuff like that that will either is coming already or will come in time but like it's fun man like i'm interested to see obviously purely selfishly how i do but i'm also super interested to like watch the equivalent on other teams like i love looking at the start of the season just like this point and being like oh so these guys have like released their roster like obviously you kind of hear who's going where just hear rumors through the grapevine obviously but like i'm sure you probably heard like this guy's going there this guy's going there and had like i can't believe these seven people are going to be in a room together six times a week like (laughs) there's some really weird stuff just like personality fit or like on court fit that i'm like that's going to be so fun to watch but like yeah i think it's part it's probably like this is just me nerding out and watching. I've diversified the basketball games that I watch over the last year plus, but I think like maybe my favorite part of the entire basketball viewing process is like the basketball alchemy of, hey, if we shove these five guys together, how do they figure it out? And I think that's really that's really apparent at like the start of the season, obviously more so than than anywhere else. But it's like, I guess you and Esteche both fill roles that Bilbao have had before and like what Jordy did last year. But it's, yeah, you're kind of bringing you guys in and being, it's almost, do you fit the blueprint? Or I assume that Bilbao don't really adapt the blueprint to to fit anybody else apart from maybe what John did last year with some of his like late clock isolations. So have you had the moment yet of being like, uh, I've just done that move that I watched happen against us? like yeah like i was telling you about it the other day like we had a moment in training and i'm not going to get too specific but like i had a conversation with the coach and some of the players that had been there for a while and they were like this is how we run this thing like this is what we do and like it feels maybe counterintuitive to me right now but they're like no just like trust me like if you get there it will be fine and then just when when I finally just like fought back against my instinct to play a certain way and did what they were asking me to. It's just a thing of like, I think I put it down to like, it's more important that everyone does the same thing rather than the right thing because 
there's a couple of right answers in any given like freeze frame of a basketball player. Like if you pause a video and go, right, what's the right read here? Like sometimes there's three different answers, but like people all pushing in the same direction is more important than like how hard you push, like yeah. so to speak, metaphorically. But so I had a moment of like someone being like, no, no, this is how we run this stuff. And me being like, oh God, yeah, this is this is fun to be a part of. But that's no, yeah, cool, man. I'm how's your guys? How's your guys training stack up? Because you've got probably seven guys that I know of that all play like rotational minutes. How like how good is your five v five? Because I guess you're relying on on local guys to fill the last few spots. Yeah, there's a couple of strong local guys. Like if we get everyone showing up, I think it's like nearly every club. Like I don't know if there's there's no club in the world that can play like two champions cup level fives like you know what i mean like no apart from think, maybe what matt was telling us about galatasaray that time but yeah yeah them but like that's the only example of like two five on fives of like lineups to points that are good so it's like obviously near the end of the bench like it drops off in quality in terms of like guys that maybe won't play a whole lot this year but like everyone knows what they're doing when you get 10 at training which is nice like i think there's a thing of like if you've got maybe the guys that aren't going to play as much, whether they're younger guys or older guys, it's like, do you know what you should be doing? And are you trying to be there? Like, can, you know what I mean? It's can, so you br- can you bring enough to training that everyone else can work off you is like the yeah basic. Yeah. You don't need to add, but can you not subtract? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like there's, there's like some, like some of the younger guys are talented and, can do some stuff and I think we'll play some minutes this year. And um, so, yeah, it could be good, man. Like, but no, when we get everyone, when everyone's healthy and able to show up and whatever, like we've had a couple of really good five on fives, which is cool because like my experience in Grand Canaria was similar last year where it's like, you can like really concentrate the quality and play like three on threes, but you know, you kind of want to run your five on five stuff to see what it looks like full court. Obviously, yeah. but yeah, man, the quality, the quality is quite good. And I didn't really know sort of what level the guys at the end of the rotation would be like, but some, some good basketball players, man. Like, as I said, some good young guys, some good old guys, but okay. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been cool. Like, I don't, I think I'd much prefer that to like, you see clubs that are like, these are the eight guys that we have. Yeah. And we just can't play. Like I've heard of clubs that just couldn't play five on five. Yeah, yeah, all year, which is like okay, but it's you have to make it. Like obviously, you're just making a choice there to do one or the other. But yeah, we also have um, Mariana Perez, the Argentinian um, women's national. Oh, really, player, who played for Cantu has just gotten here as well. Oh, um, she'll kind of give us more flexibility with some big lineups and stuff and cool. I was good I was going to ask you about that because based on your guys points breakdown before I knew she was arriving you'd kind of worked your way into another um another starting spot where you basically couldn't be taken out of the game without hindering um without them having to put like a one in for you and real really damaging the quality so you've actually got you'll have to compete for your um your time for your unit to play yes I will, but that's good. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's just having a bit of versatility as well, man. Like, I think obviously it's not the same as in any way as what Bilbao did last year, but the fact that they could either go massive or like their starters, which was like quick and had shooting and could beat the life out of people and go inside and whatever. Like, I think having versatility does make a difference in some games, at least just having like a different gear to go in. Yeah. Obviously, like I'm a big fan of like things aren't going that well. Okay, let's adjust with the guys that are on court currently rather than yeah. making a sub straight away, like just do something better rather than different. But um yeah, like at the same time, having versatility will be massive for us in some games, especially in Europe and stuff. Yeah, sure. But, oh, cool. So with that in mind, you've got your first game on Saturday. So it's Thursday today. We're recording to you two days out from your first game against Las Rosas, who I know nothing about this year. How are you guys all feeling going into it? Yeah, good, man. Like, they are not 
they're the, the team that they had last year plus uh Cano who was in Malaga last year was oh yeah he's gone there um I don't remember if anyone else has but like they're not like they're like you have to show up yeah is the whole thing like you have to show up and do the right thing and I think we're kind of still figuring out how to play together and we like we we need to use this as a way to figure things out and yeah. do what we want to do as a team consistently over 40 minutes to like one actually win the game because like being like ah these guys aren't a team that came top four in the league last year like that's that's a dangerous game to play in this league like you kind of nearly everyone you kind of like at least have to like show up and play some decent basketball but it's like it's just another chance for us to kind of learn how to play together and actually keep putting stuff together because we have Las Rosas, then we have Murcia, and then we have Albacete and Gran Canaria, two games in a row. Right. So, Oh, we forced the revenge game. Ah, well, we'll, we'll see. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm just, I, I just hope it's still warm when I go. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm really excited to get out there and see those guys. And same with Albacete, obviously. Like, yeah, sure. Part of the really cool thing about the league this year is like kind of there's someone in every team bar like two or three teams that I'm excited to go and play against. So yeah, yeah man, it's a, it's a good opportunity to go out and get started with this team. Cause like the, the preseason friendly was a bit of a, a weird one with like rotations. And there was a couple of different things happening that meant we were like running guys in and out and it was, it was, it was fine. And it was my first experience of being like, Oh yeah, these guys, this is how we do things, but just more reps, hopefully. Yeah. Um, hopefully we don't end up in in a in a bit of a struggle, but we can. Like they're a good enough team that yeah, yeah. like they've got like the old guys that hit shots is the whole thing. <laughs> it's like Bilbao have also excelled at winning struggle games for the last I don't even know how long. So I dare say you guys ending up in a struggle isn't the worst thing in the world because there'll be a fair few of them coming down the line this season. I think. Yeah, a couple of scrappy ones, yeah. um, maybe. So, yeah. Last question on this front, because it got me thinking back to when um, when you signed at Gran Canaria and you were first out there and you texted me about three days in being like, okay, Richard Noche can shoot. Yes. Is, is there anything, anybody you've like played with that you've seen in practice now? Obviously, like you knew all the players who were with Bilbao at this point, but... Have you seen anyone do anything in practice where you're like, okay, I didn't know this guy had this? Um, no, like I think it's just stuff where it's like, I heard this guy is like this in training. I heard this guy is like this in training. And it's like, oh no, they actually like, they actually are. Like I heard the rumors of just them like just being out to kill each other in like a random scrimmage on a Tuesday. And it's like, it's not like no one's doing anything dumb, but like, these guys play hard all the time and it's it's good for me to be a part of because like I'm soft. <laughs> so like it's super nice to like it it might toughen me up a little bit. Um sure. I mean, hopefully it doesn't change who I am on a fundamental level, but um We're, we'll just have to track have to track um episode by episode as we go through the season. We'll just have to see how much more confrontational you get, I think is probably the effect that those guys could have on you if anything at all yeah i don't know it is funny going there and then being like hey like we play like this and like obviously they're a team that loves to like shout and scream and boom and whatever on the bench and i've just come in and been like hey that's not me just so you know like (laughs) i don't i don't really like doing that stuff i also don't care if you do like doing that like fine but just like you boom in my face when they call, when another team calls a timeout. If we go in a run, like don't be surprised if I like high five you and push towards bits. Yeah. So, <laughs> just because it's like, yeah, that's not it's not how I get my energy. Yeah, it'll be funny to see if I start feeding off it. But you'll, you'll be reaching out to Tarek at some point and be like, hey, how do you stay robotic around these guys? It's starting to creep in. <laughs> but um, I mean, we'll. We'll do a little bit of housekeeping at, at this point because it kind of feeds in naturally. Um, so our plan for at least the rest of kind of the, we'll probably do it pre-Christmas portion of the season as much as we can, is we're going to look to record on Sunday nights um, yeah. to kind of wrap up the fact that every wheelchair basketball league that's worth following plays their games on a Saturday. 
Um, so we're going to try and record on a Sunday and do a bit of a breakdown and a preview of what's coming the next week. Um, so we're going to do that. James being available as long as his journeys aren't too crazy. Um, and on top of that, you've taken the step into the brave new world and you've actually become a listed contributor to our Substack today. And you've got yes. something coming out or something in the works. I don't know if that's true. Like I basically, I've been like, I wonder if I could waffle enough that it was worth reading and then just stick it up there. Although like it's, it's your baby. So I wonder if I just wrote something that had nothing to do with the basketball. It was just my thoughts. <laughs> and I went up there. Would anyone be like, this is good. Probably not. I, but... don't, I, I don't, I don't think anyone thinks about any of the stuff that's to do with basketball. So it's yeah. fine. I thought you were about to say I would read that, but you well, already uh, do read my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> like we, no, I, I would, I would read whatever you put on the subset. I promise you that much. Yeah. But, no, I just, I just randomly am like, I wanted to get signed up in case I was like, hey, this is interesting enough of a thing that I've thought about to sort of put my put my name to an opinion and see what happens. I don't know, like, not promising anything, but I, I just like. I didn't want to not have access if I did think of something good, but yeah. Exactly. So just looking at the rest of the games in the Spanish league, I'm going to go through them and just randomly throw stuff at you and be like, do you have an opinion on this game? And if so, what is it? Well, just to give you the chance to be like, eh. <laughs> so I've got them in front of me. So Mercia are playing via the lead. What are your thoughts? I don't know anything about Mercia other than Lalo is there this year. Um yes. So he is probably good for winning one game on his own um, per season. Vidalid lost to Burgos in a preseason friendly, which makes me quite alarmed on their part because as far as I, I was operating under the assumption that this year's Burgos team aren't good. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Mercia to make a properly informed opinion, but let's put it this way. I'll be worried if Vidalid don't get this one. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Mercia are looking like because I'm not 100 who's ended up there. Um, Lalo going there is cool, as you say. Like he might just be able to like this, muscle his way into winning a game. This is the Lalo revenge game as well. He was at Vitalid for ages. Yes. Um, so yeah, interested to see what Mercia are like, and obviously, via the lead, have been like a decent team for a long time. So yeah. that'll be fun. Um, Vigo, Alunion, I don't know if anyone apart from Romo and uh, Augustin Alejos have stayed in. Yeah, they, they've kept the, they had a three-pointer, was he Mexican or Argentinian? Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah, so he's um, there. He's there. They've got the Swedish guy who will have played against the juniors a few times, uh, Christian Seidel, Seidel, the guy who... He posts stuff on social media like he's part of Rage Against the Machine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's there. Um, I don't think Vigo are going to be great this year, although Romo is pretty good, as we saw second half of last year. But if they are stealing a game... Someone's got, someone's got a score in that team, so we might just have like 50 a game. Yeah. Like If they are stealing a game, I don't think it's going to be against Illunion. Um I don't know who Illunion. I think Illunion have added... The Colombian guy, right? Diaz, yes. who looks like a returning member of Corn. Um, you can't say any anything. You can't say that about anyone who has like corners or dreads or anything. Like you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you just did. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he. I think he's. I don't quite know what his role is, but they're also probably not going to rely on him a huge amount. So, I think this year's Illuminion team is going to be what we maybe expected of them last year because they looked not amazing for most of last year then pulled out a couple of big ones i wouldn't be surprised if they hit the ground running this time yeah because they've got the talent the whole thing was like just wait till they put it together or if they can pull it together and it's like in theory nothing helps with that more than time yeah um obviously they haven't spent time together since the last time we've seen them but like preseason and stuff that'll all help and just another year of like i'm sure all of those guys are looking at last year and like dying to figure out how they can take a step forward so yeah i think they're going to be good this year man um sure. uh burgos mediba very excited to see what mediba looked like this year i can't i can't get my head around what mediba looked like i've had conversations with various people and i'm 
I am more than anything else. I'm not entirely sure what they're trying to do. So I guess I'm quite interested to watch them because I, I found myself wondering if I was the coach, what would I be trying to do with that group of players? And I'm not sure there's a hugely obvious answer. Um, they obviously have a plan in mind because they went out and signed guys. But yeah, I Burgos winning against Vidalid has thrown me a little bit because Burgos definitely shouldn't be putting up 77 points, even if it is only preseason. Um, Who do they still have? I assume Lee's still there. Lee's there. Um, Machek's there. Machek's there. Aridondo's probably still there, right? Yeah. The What's the young kid's name with the curly hair? Callum. Callum, yeah, Callum Doherty. He's, he's there, which is like good for him. Like yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, decent. And it's something good out of this year. They have um, they had another four-pointer who, um, I honestly don't know his name. He's a very long, skinny, I think he might be Ghanaian or, or Sudanese or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's massive. He didn't play a lot because they had Filipski and um, they had Mena for the first half of the year as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, Burgos wouldn't stun me if they like pulled this game off because this seems like Madiba need to find some chemistry at least because, like I said, I don't know what their game plan is going to be or what their foundation of their team is really going to be at this point. Wouldn't yeah. stun me if Burgos pulled this one off, but I also think Madiba will probably muscle their way through. Yeah, I can't. I can't see it. I don't think Burgos has the talent this year, especially like. Because the whole thing was like they could show up and shock someone, but that was like Philipski having 40. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, like I, I think Mediba will just like Mediba have a lot of talent every year and they figure it out to a certain point every year. And I think they're going to be good. I think John is great, obviously. Oh, I yeah, I think John's working. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Phil, uh, of Lewis, and of. Uh, Charlie Moore, who's gone there, and I think that's they're, they're both cool pickups for those guys, yeah. as as just as people that I like as well. Obviously, I'm biased, but um, yeah, I think just figuring out how they're going to run is super interesting for me all the time. Um, but yeah, no, I can see. I I have to say, I'd see Madiba taking that one handy enough. Fair enough. Malaga Grand Canaria. I'm quite into Malaga this year. I've yeah. I've found them a real struggle to watch over the the last couple. Of, we had something of a rooting interest in them when Tom was playing for them, and even then they were a tough watch. But um, yeah, I don't know. That I quite like their. They've kind of rebuilt their model a little bit and gone away from having all these fours who fight for both inside position and ball handling responsibilities. Um, so I think it'd be quite cool to see what because Addy's still coaching them, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so be cool to see what he can run out and maybe like if we're being fully frank maybe it'll be a li- little bit easier for him to implement his vision when he's got a lot more british guys on side like that i wonder if malaga in the past have had such a mix of nationalities clicks linguistic capabilities and whatever that they've been less than the sum of the parts and maybe that'll change this year but also grand canaria looked pretty good yeah, like I don't see any reason why Grand Canaria wouldn't be like something similar to last year. Obviously, losing Mendel is massive, and I hope losing me means something. <laughs> but like, we'll we'll see. What I did last year is not hard to replace in theory. Like, but obviously, Jorge Salazar, good player. Luigi's a good player. Um, so we'll see. And like, I think the whole thing is just like they're still probably going to be Jorge runs the show, kick it to Ari, kick it to Rose. Like, you know, the, the main, the main contributors haven't changed. And especially if any of those guys take a step forward, like that could be, they could be good, but yeah, no Malaga. I don't know, man. Like I played a full summer with Tyler and Pete, uh, Tyler Baines and Pete Kuzak who have both gone to Malaga and they really, really impressed me. Like, two really quick sort of highly skilled young guys who both just love basketball as well, which is going to really help because they're in a position where they can just like, well, they can just train whenever, like as much as they want now, obviously. So yeah, man, I, I can see Malaga being good. I just don't know if they'd be good enough to beat no, Grand Canaria if they're uh, near what I think they should be. Yeah. I think there's going to be a Grand Canaria 
maybe that's why I was higher on Malaga for this game than you are by the sounds of it. But I think there'll be a very definite adjustment period to replace Mendel's role just because obviously Jorge runs the show, but a lot of what Jorge was doing was keyed in by Mendel being as dangerous as he is. And Salazar's good, but I don't know if Salazar is main big on the floor good because Ari doesn't play like a big realistically. No, like a lot of our success the last two years was predicated on the fact that we played to 17 points and (laughs) Mendel could play a role where he was taking up four points and he was doing a lot of the defensively. He was all over the show. It was amazing. Like so much of our defense worked because it didn't work. And then he fixed it. Like, um, like Mendel was just sort of covering for all of our mistakes all year. Um, I say all of ours, like Jorge, not so much, but like the rest of us, but <laughs> he, he was able to sort of take a backseat offensively um, as a four because we had, two three and a halves on the floor playing as twos yeah. so and we had a two practically playing like a one then because <laughs> so like i got to chill and mendel was able to sort of fill yeah. a role that was really really good for him and it's really cool watching him in france kind of taking a step forward and watching those three days in that tournament in the netherlands that he was the best player of all time yeah <laughs> not, not, not like me to exaggerate about my friends what? but when um, he was on the podcast, he told me in advance that I w- I'd mentioned something about that Dutch bubble tournament. And he was like, we're not allowed to talk about that because I'll come across as arrogant. And it's like, that's just a way of saying you played. Re- if you're worried you can't talk about it without sounding arrogant, you deserve to talk about it because you were probably class. Yeah, being like, I can't not be arrogant about this is a hilarious way. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm the man. But no, um, it could be interesting, man. Like, as I say, like, Salazar is a good basketball player. Luigi is too. So, and obviously, the, I love the three guys that are still there and some of the the locals on the bench and whatever. But like, might be an adjustment. Although I say they might, they might, there might be an adjustment. Like, they've had preseason for a month, so maybe yeah. they've already made the adjustment. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. So then we have Albacete and Zuzanak. You're the, this one. Yeah, you're the Zuzanak expert, but I don't imagine any amount of expertise is going to change the outcome of this one. I'm going to call Albacete relatively convincingly. I would say so. Um, yeah, I would say so. And then we've got Lazarus Ass, obviously, which we've spoken about. So that rounds out. I don't know if we're going to do like solid predictions every week, but just yes. for the first week, I thought it'd be fun to see where you where yeah. you were at with every team. So now we've done that, here's because I saw Amy the other day and we were trying to work out because it's an this is a real first world problem, but we were trying to work out how we're going to prioritize who we watch when you guys all tip off at roughly the same time every Saturday. Um, so, how do you see because this is how we try to figure out is what do you think the tiers are that you split these teams up into? Because I think there's Albacete are probably everybody's consensus favorite. Yeah, I would look pretty stacked this year, I would say, as long as everyone is healthy. And I know there I've heard different things about certain people missing periods of time for a couple of different things. So it's yeah. how much that affects them and how much they can still get the job done anyway. But um yeah, like they're them and Alunion, if Alunion take a step forward, are probably the two most stacked teams. Yeah. Do you think there's a, a separation in tier between Illunion and Albacete and, say, yourselves and Gran Canaria, who might be third and fourth in any given example? Um, I don't know. Like, um, like when people ask me how I think this year is going, going to go for us, I'm always like, try and be in the mix near the end of the year and then you have to just like try and take games off people obviously see what happens but the whole thing is for us is just like be one of those teams and then hopefully be playing those other teams near the end of the season you know what i mean um but oh madiba as well like i think that's the five like Uh, i this very brief exercise, I had Madiba in a, a lower tier than what I thought the top four would be, but I maybe I think they're going to be good, man. I think they're going to yeah. just run the ball down, down people's throats and 
Okay. Uh, play hard as hell for 40 minutes. And fair enough. I don't know, obviously. Like, I don't really, I'm not even 100% like who they're going to start. Like, no. I guess they're going to start Phil, John, Salvador, Lewis, and they've got a one pointer whose name I don't remember, but used to play at Vidalid. I think uh, he. Tinin. Yeah, that's. Is that, the, is that the point? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, then that's what they're going to start. Yeah. I That just, in my mind, felt like over points. Yeah. No, well, um, we, I tried to work it out, but they've also got a local four pointer, which I guess is why Charlie's there because they're going to take one of the threes out for that guy and put Charlie in for the low, I think is the way that that works. He might be, oh, a, yeah. might be a four and a half to make the points work. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess that's their lineups. I am very prepared to change my mind on Madiba, but I need to see it first, I think, because I don't, tr- I don't trust the blueprint right now. So I have Madiba in a in the five six tier with Malaga. Oh, okay. Um, I I basically would shift them up a tier and kind of have, have have that to be like that's basically the whole thing. Like obviously, I would say Albacete or Union are as stacked as anyone. Yeah, I can't play for Bilbao and not think that we have a chance to yeah. do it if we kind of <laughs> get things right and. Obviously, this is not about Bilbao team from last year, and I think missing Yannick, Jordi, and John is obviously massive. But like, yeah. I so would they, like they to have say something against there, guys but... whose name starts with the letter J, where they're like, "Right, you all have to go at the end of this season." Uh, I'm glad they don't. Um, <laughs> you got me a job, um, but yeah, man. As I say, I think that's kind of top five in yeah. my mind in some order. I don't know. In which order, yeah. like, because yeah, well, that's the beauty of us putting it in tiers, right? As we just lump everybody into, like, hey, these guys yeah, half the league organize themselves. <laughs> We're good. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to like bump one of those teams out of there just for a laugh, but like, yeah. it might be us, it might be Grand Canaria. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't know who's missing from each team from for how long and whatever. Like, I don't know how that stuff might affect people. But yeah, and then Malaga, I think, are that next level. Like, I think Malaga look better than Valladolid. I think they look better than Burgos, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, I'm worried I'm just forgetting someone, but I don't know. Uh, well, v- Vigo would be the other one that you would tentatively drop in there, but I don't buy Vigo this year. Yeah, they're like the bottom of that next group. Like, I think Valladolid, Malaga, maybe Burgos are better than them. Ah, uh, Burgos Vigo might be a game. I don't know. Yeah. And then it, the bottom tier is kind of Mercia, um, Zuznak, and Las Rosas, unless anything goes spectacularly wrong. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're going to satisfy that into three groups. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that makes sense. I think the, the Spanish leagues got a little bit more top heavy this year, I think. Because it was, I think, maybe the last two years where you're out in Gran Canaria, there was like a semi-reasonable argument that the team that was eighth could theoretically give the top teams a run in any given game. But I think that maybe extends to six now rather than eight. I think saying that Vidalid or Burgos are going to run Albacete or Elunion close is probably a little bit far out. Yeah, whereas like where did Burgos end last year? Uh, seventh, I think. Maybe. Yeah, and they they beat Bilbao yeah. in like March. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if that happens to anyone this year. I suppose you could make an extra tier if you wanted to just be like Illinian Albacete one two in some yeah. order. Uh, I don't, like, I don't think they get their own tier though, because I think those teams that know their top dwelling tend to waltz their way through the season. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you don't get your own tier at the top unless you're going to go out to like finish the season undefeated sure yeah yeah fair enough so that's Spain wrapped up um, Germany and France have tipped off in the last couple of weeks have you seen caught up with seen any stats or anything like that from over on foreign shores um, kind of seen the results from the German games and because they're not on YouTube I refuse to watch them because they have it on so no I'll watch the big ones obviously but because they have them on some other streaming website that plays like three ads every five minutes I don't want them to get the positive feedback of me watching it 
<laughs> and like I don't want to like vindicate them not having it on YouTube. God, so, you've changed so much since winning your medal. Oh, I, no, I, I didn't watch any German happens. basketball last year, which is really funny because I'm like simultaneously like to put out that I'm someone who watches like every wheelchair basketball game that's ever streamed. And I'm also just like uh that German website makes me sad and France isn't a real country. No, no. <laughs> um, talking to Mendel about that yesterday and I was like, hey. It doesn't count. You're playing, in but now, yeah, no, it's um, the French league looks better than it ever has. I'm only joking. But yeah, the I, the French league's an interesting one because it's actually, although it's not been like star power heavy like Spain or Germany have, it's France has always been pretty balanced amongst like the top five teams. Um, and then this year, there's been like Mendel's team have just been like right we're going to be the front runners now here's the money we need to pay out so france seems to i don't know if it will be as evenly packed as it's been for the last few years but i think some of the games amongst the top few teams will actually be pretty good i think a bit of the streaming is a little bit inconsistent from what i've heard yeah but it's definitely worth trying to jump on them and and see what's what and, oh yeah well like i will at a bare minimum watch like Mets versus le Canet. like yeah I think that they played this weekend, actually. Mets play Le Canet this weekend. So is that what it is? Uh, well, Le Canet still as good this year because they've obviously Luigi's left because he's at Gran Canaria. I think the Moroccan guy who's my old teammate is left there as well now. I don't, oh, I don't know. Um, I'd um, say they'll still be good. I, I think they're one of those teams who tend to still be good regardless. <laughs> yeah, they kind of find find guys around. Um, um, yeah, they still I'll kind of run the same way. I'll... Um, I'll watch Mets take down Lapui and live vicariously through Mendel. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I think Chies will probably keep on trucking away, won't they? And, and Nico will carry on doing his thing until yeah. the end of time at the very least. Yeah. So, yeah, um, there's been that. And Germany, I've caught some of the games here and there, but I don't think there's really been a, like a, a must-watch German game yet. There seems to be the opening couple of weekends seem to have all been one of the top tier teams versus one of the lower tier teams. And it's like, well, this is a, this is fine for the first quarter. And then it's 25 points difference from. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, because I wasn't in a place to watch any of them live, but the time you're looking to see if you want to watch one of them, you've seen the finals go and it's like, nah, I'm all right. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Now there's, there's, there are going to be some fun games in there and I need to really keep on top of when they are or else I'll just miss them. Yeah, because they're not on YouTube, so they don't just come up. Yeah, sure. It's um, I, I've whittled down my basketball viewing schedule to everything everything I plan on watching, and it's so far Spanish league, pick and choose the games of the German and French leagues, and probably the Italian league when that starts as well. Yeah, and then in the last week, the Euro League has started, the NBA preseason has started, and this basketball champions league, which is utterly hilarious has started so I've got, hilarious. it's like right so the euro league is the top 18 teams in europe right and then there's the euro cup which is like the feeder competition for that so if you the two teams that finish top of the euro cup go up to the euro league mm-hmm. um and then the they're really shady about the requirements to stay in the euro league so valencia got promoted ended up 10th in the EuroLeague, so two spots outside the playoffs one year out of being promoted and then were just demoted again with no real explanation as to why. Um, And a bunch of the European teams have decided they're sick of it. And it started the Basketball Champions League, which is like an alternative competition. And it's entirely full of just like teams that knew they were never going to get to the Euro Cup, EuroLeague level and just like, hey, we'll jump into this one and call it the new thing. So all the games are live streamed free on YouTube and it's between like random teams you've never heard of. It's like Polish and Finnish club teams going at it and it's like all just Americans who never made the draft or anything like this. And it's absolute mayhem. And they play with the orangest basketball you've ever seen as well. They have like a, a signature basketball from Wilson and it looks like radioactive. <laughs> it's so bizarre. You can watch an entire game and have no idea who the good players are. It's like nothing I've ever witnessed. Yeah, when you sort of mentioned that they like had a breakaway league, I wonder if it was going to be like there's like a proposal for like a European Super League in football yeah. a while back that was just like all the rich clubs wanted to like break off and 
make a league that only the other rich clubs were in that you couldn't get promoted or relegated from yeah. just for that, that you didn't have to qualify for 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 just as like an independent sure. thing and just everyone got so upset about it that it didn't end up happening and i just had a moment of like hey did that just go without any trouble in basketball because that's hilarious <laughs> no, the funny thing is it's not even the elites it was like i think it all started because galatasaray were falling down the euroleague standings and were like probably looking at being relegated and they were like hey this isn't the situation we normally find ourselves in shall yeah. we hit up FIBA and see if they'll find us our own league that we can like is obviously not controlled by them but is created because they wanted it so yeah. it's just it's every team that's like yeah we're not making the we're not making the big leagues let's do this one and because it's a separate competition we'll say we're the best in Europe even though we're not yeah but, yeah, it's all a bit weird, but the um, the games are fun because it's actually it's quite fun jumping in and just not knowing who anyone is and trying to figure out like team hierarchies and be like, oh, th- this team runs around this guy who I've never seen. What's his game like? It's just it's like a basketball experiment if you bother watching it. But yeah, so that's my viewing schedule. It's it's hectic times. Um, the British League started that start last weekend as well. Um, I caught caught 10 minutes of the live stream of, of that and that was dreadful but anyway we'll um, we'll digress because there's not a lot to talk about on that front no um, so I touched on preseason very briefly have you caught any preseason in the NBA and do you have any thoughts um, I've been like catching highlights more than anything else um, went on league pass in like a little bit of free time that I had the other day and it like just wouldn't play any of the games for no reason. Oh, really? Like I paid for League Pass again. And it just maybe it was just like for like the one second I was trying to watch games, like my internet kicked out or something, but it just wouldn't. Like it was like playback error. And I was like, all right, cool. And then just haven't tried again. So I've just been watching highlights of Jamarant and John Collins both trying to murder a man <laughs> with basketball, which is so exciting to see. Like I said, John Collins is Ali Oop Duncan. I was literally like, have the nets gotten lower? <laughs> like, have, they, have I just missed where they put the hoops at nine feet? <laughs> or like, yeah, if they were like, because there's been all that review around offensive fouls on jump shots and all this stuff. Imagine if it was like a, a full memo to the league being like, by the way, players. X, Y, and Z will now be counted as offensive fouls. And then in like the footnotes of the small print, it's like also this year's rings will be dropped to nine feet instead of 10. Have a good season. <laughs> yeah, just like somewhere in like the small print at the bottom. It was like, by the way, we have actually managed to recreate Flubber from the popular kids movie. <laughs> and it is perfectly legal in the NBA rules and regulations. Yeah, it's um, that John Collins dunk was absolutely nuts. But um, yeah, I've caught the odd bit of preseason and I always think I'm excited for preseason. Then I watch it for the first five minutes and I'm like, this is great. Then they pull the starters out. <laughs> I'm like, I can't bear to watch these end of bench guys for the Pistons yeah. and Rockets or whatever it is. Yeah, when the point of interest in five minutes goes to like, will Jordan Poole be a good player for the Warriors this year? I think so. Like when like, that's the the point of interest. I think that's that's quite funny. Like you saw the, the what we were talking about the fact that NBA refs aren't calling the like someone pump fakes. You get a defender in the air and you jump into them. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, are they just not calling it in the, this year? And you're like, ah, they're not calling that one. Like because <laughs> that's like the absolute textbook version of it. Yeah, and like very clearly, just like he jumped forward past where the person who was jumping to contest their shot took off from so like that was very clear but there will still be some where like shooter jumps forward a little bit defender jumps forward a little bit and it's like yeah it's probably still going to get cold but i hope not because i hate the really oblivious ones but even if they like just skim the sort of top 20 percent of the really bad ones off like I think yeah. the game looks better and uh, if, it, if they skim if they skim the stop the top 20 percent in theory guys will stop trying to draw them and that will naturally alleviate the rest of it. So maybe that solves the problem. But um, the yeah. one game I did catch a bit of is is Pelicans and whoever they played last night. 
And the Pelicans got that kid, Trey Murphy, in the draft. At, oh, yeah. Got him at like 18, and he's like just a, a ready-to-go NBA player. It's like considering how average they've been since they like pulled in their trade for AD and got Ingram and all those guys and then Zion and have made no progress. They might have landed a blinder because this kid's like barely 19 and just like came into a preseason game and I think has hit 12 threes over two games or something like that. It's like, hey, oh, yeah. good, good pick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like if it's someone who you can put around, the guys that you know need to make sense together. Yeah. Like what you need is shooting and maybe some defense, obviously, because Zion can't stop anyone for yeah. some reason. But I think what made me laugh, and it's kind of also how I think about the Pelicans, is like, have you heard Zach Lowe's podcast where he's like, he does at the start of every season, he does like five most confusing teams. And he was like, we're going to talk about the Pelicans in a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have banned them from my five most confusing teams episode because they're yeah. there every year. And I don't know if they're going to be good this year or not. Like they ended up like 31 and 41 last year, yeah, which is like not They good. weren't good. Although Jonas Valanciunas is there now and he now slicks his hair back, which makes him look like the most intimidating person I've ever seen in my whole life. Uh, he's, a, he's a tough man. But it's just like, there's a weird thing of the whole thing last year was like, hey, their offense should be good, but they can't stop anyone. And then by the end of last season, they ended up like top 10 in defense and their yeah. offense fell apart. And it's like, isn't it? and you turn both of those dials to the right point at the same time to end up somewhere in the middle for both. Because like, there's a, obviously maybe a thing of like, if you give up on a certain amount of things on offense to be able to get back down the other end of the floor and play good defense, like that, like I understand that there's a certain amount of one might take away at least energy and effort from the other, but like eh, actual basketball teams figure out how to do both. Yeah, so there's a balance um, to be found there at some point. A couple of quick fire NBA questions Have you seen anything or identified anything that you're excited to watch in the regular season? Is the player in new situation or? new coach coaching Dallas where you're like, hey, this could really be something because the second one's definitely not that. No, the second one's not true. There's a really funny picture of Jason Kidd in that like white shirt. Yeah. He <laughs> just looks like a bad barber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. He... They're going to be fine again. Yeah. Uh, we have a new, like we have a team that has graduated from I don't care about them to like they'll be bad but fun. And that is the Chicago Bulls, yeah. which I'm excited about. Like just watching Lonzo throw the ball about and them guys running around and not being good, but still being fun. Like, I, yeah, like yeah. I'm in on that. Yeah, um, possible. But yeah, we said we weren't going to talk about it apart from being like, hey, get vaccinated. But um, yeah, like the whole... Brooklyn Nets, if they can stay healthy and if Kyrie can do the absolute bare minimum to keep people around them healthy, you know, um, they're going to be great if they have actually a full season together, obviously. But I don't know. Like, as I say, I didn't want to get hung up on that, but I wanted to be like, they'll be fun. Hey, don't be stupid. Yeah. The, the um, We're not going to get massively into the vaccine stuff. Obviously, if you're listening, you're probably not an NBA player, but get vaccinated if you haven't done so already. Those guys should already should already be vaccinated. A couple of them aren't. Andrew Wiggins saying he was going to continue to fight to not get vaccinated because of his beliefs, and then someone asking him what his beliefs were, and him saying none of your business is indicative of the entire problem. And the best part of that is he got off the stage after that interview that went horribly wrong, and he walked past Nemanja Bielitsa in like the corridor, and I saw a tweet from a reporter that Bielitsa like, looked up from his phone to look at Andrew Wiggins and was like, hey, just go and get the vaccine, man. Although I do like the fact that he like... Weeks. I like the idea that someone tweeted and they were basically like, because he's got it now since, and like that's nice that he must have spoken to someone who made sense to him, and which is cool. Um, but because obviously you miss a game check for every game that you don't play because you're not vaccinated, uh, like any game that you're not allowed to play because of a, like a the state you're playing in having regulations that mean you can't play, which is a lot of them, including his home games. So everyone, like everyone's joke was like, he got off the interview and like immediately went on his calculator on his phone. It was like, how much? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. And then booked in 
right away. But yeah, I don't yeah. Know. What what do you think to my theory that Kyrie and that well Kyrie's not going to be able to play any Nets home games or so practice. That like, can't even go to training. So the Nets are going to deliberately finish with a lower seed in the playoffs so that they get less home games and more away games so Kyrie can play. Um, I imagine he will have antibodies before Christmas, yeah. but um, that's hilarious. If, like, if it plays out like that, I can't wait to be like, hey, your prediction's still on. The, the ultimate outcome would be if we somehow got a Nets and Warriors finals and Kyrie wasn't allowed to play at all. Yeah, it goes to overtime or like it's tied in game seven somehow. And it was like, okay, Wiggins and Kyrie Irving, you're both in like, what do you call those big plastic orbs? Like, <laughs> it's like okay, you guys have to like play some sort of weird game. Like, like you guys play NBA 2K for five minutes yeah. to decide this. No, I don't know. That's real dumb. They have. But, um, okay, last NBA thing. Where do you stand on the Ben Simmons situation? Um, uh, he is allowed to be like, I don't really want to be here. Can you get me out of here? In the same way that a team's allowed to be like, I don't really want you here. Get out of here. However, like, you're just not going to get paid for a year and that's a lot of money so i think he's gonna find a way it's the weird thing of like i think he's like hey i'm i think i'm someone that i am not and i would like you to get me to one of these three teams that i would like to be on and it's like hey man like yeah look around at who actually needs you like if you want to go to la like sacramento could, yeah. like get to the playoffs with well, you don't but- fit on any of the other 29 teams that could theoretically make a move for you it's probably not a them problem anymore. Yeah, like he's not going to learn to shoot, but it's like, hey, at a bare minimum, like cooperate and yeah. like you don't need to show up if you don't want to. If you're fine with losing your game checks and getting fined, and like, I think there's seven million that's already yeah. not gone in his pocket, which is nuts. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think he's gonna just sit there until he gets put somewhere. But I think it's harder to find a spot for him to land than he thinks it is. So. I think I've, I've looked into it a lot and read everything I can find on it. And I think I've got the point where people saying like, Oh, you could play him as Giannis where Giannis does the, the screening for Drew and Chris Middleton is getting borderline insulting to Giannis. Cause it's like, Hey, if you look at the entire NBA of guys that can't shoot, it's Giannis. And then the rest are role players who are probably on minimum contracts. Like, and Ben Simmons is closer to the second category than he is the first. Yeah, um, like there is a fun way to find to play Ben Simmons, but it's not on a good team. Like exactly, uh, and it's the fact that you have to like figure out like a little gap in the market to play that guy is, is tough. Yeah, well, I I think Philly should just continue to not pay him for four years, and then they can be like, hey, away you go, you're free now. But I don't think that will happen. No, I think they'll probably get to a point where they're like, I want something for this guy. But I, I've I've heard all reports indicate that they're not willing to like bend on this. They're like, hey, like we'll get what we like, we'll get what we want for him eventually. And like he can just sit there and collect dust until then. So I don't know, man. It's 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 an interesting no, it's not. Like it's it's a tough one. It's not an interesting it one. Like I don't the, I don't really care. I I like, I didn't think I cared a whole lot. And I'm all it's one of these NBA topics where because I kind of keep up with the news cycle, I'm almost more fascinated by how fascinated everyone is by it than I am with the event itself. It's like yeah. this guy is a hallmark of a team that's going to get knocked out in the second round, whether he plays or not, probably doesn't matter. Like uh, the other thing, I, I don't know where you stand on this, but the thing I can't get my head around at this point is. Why does nobody suggest that these guys do something other than sign for five years? It's like, hey, if you think you're not happy with the situation, don't sign up for five years and this won't be as difficult when you want to get out. Yeah, I think it's just like it's proof that the, hey, you can pay this guy this much for this long if he stays on your team thing. Like, it doesn't work because everyone's just like, like as a player, if someone's like, you sign on this line and you make $173 million automatically in five years. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
And especially, especially now that they are figuring out that it's like you can just like take the money and then do what Ben Simmons is doing in theory. Like, but I don't know. Like, I, in, I've just, I don't have a problem with unnamed NBA player doing that. I just have a problem with Ben Simmons being like, hey guys, why can't you get me out of here? And it's like, yeah, because you scored two points in a playoff game last year. <laughs> like, You've made the entire league look at you and be like, eh, we're good. Yeah. Like, yeah. how is there not a bad team knocking on the door? Like, hey, yeah. is it is it everyone else or is it you? Like, exactly that, that thing of, is it 449 players? Or is it, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's a shambles. But if you want to read my musings on it, go check it out on our Substack where I go into a lot of detail. Um, and failing that, we'll try our best not to talk about Ben Simmons again until he a- is actually traded because he doesn't deserve the coverage. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Shall Fair we enough. get out of here? Yes, let's. Cool. Right. right. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's good to be back. And yeah, good luck with your game on Saturday. And I look forward to recapping with you in a few days' time. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Peace.